our heads while we remain standing just for a word of prayer. Our kind Heavenly Father, as our voices have been ringing out, Lord, I believe, we're thinking of the day that when a man with an epileptic boy came to you and he said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And we pray that same prayer tonight, Father, that we believe and we pray that you'll help our unbelief. Let our hearts be open tonight and ready to receive whatever you have for us in store for this night. And may we have a wonderful blessing tonight because we're standing under expectations, believing that you're going to do it because we asked you to do it. In the name of your Son, Jesus, who said that he would grant whatever we asked in his name. Amen. The Lord bless you, my dear friends. It's a great privilege to be in St. Nicholas Arena. New York City here to minister to you, dear people, in the name of our loving Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was uh, thinking tonight, as on the road over, of how a person that I very seldom get to mention anything about, and that's uh, Sister Brown and Brother Bird of the Glad Tidings Tabernacle. I haven't even no more than just about shook their hands with them a few moments one day. And they're, to me, they have been people who hasn't never pushed themselves to anything. They're very humble and quite nice people. I'll never forget how dear that Brother Berg looked to me when I got back from Africa the last time. To see him standing out there waiting for me. Sure thrilled my heart. We went out and had a nice hamburger together. They sure taste good for the first time for a long time. And I kind of hope that he comes back again this time. You know, it's, you know, you've heard the old saying, it's great to be American. That's more than a saying. That's the truth. It really is. It's, it's wonderful to be in America. And that's the reason sometimes I think the evangelists and so forth hammer away at sin. They just hate to see it creeping into our lovely nation. I think of Plymouth Rock and how our forefathers fought for this freedom of religion. And today to see what would they do, those old ministers back in those days, to see the way things are going. Yet we, we need a real good old-fashioned nationwide Holy Ghost sent revival to shake this nation. We really do. Without that, I'm I'm afraid we're going to perish, friends. And I, I love my country. Oh, I love my country. I, I wasn't in any of the wars. The first one, I was too young. The last one, they wouldn't take me because being a minister, and they just put me in 4D, and I didn't perhaps have education enough to qualify as a chaplain, and they never called me. My brothers went. Several of them hurt. Some of them laying wounded up yesterday from it. When I was in France and Germany, I probably walked over the grave of a many dead Branham. And if it come my time to die for this nation, I'd be glad to do it. Just anything to keep freedom rolling. If it isn't worth living for, dying for, then get out of it. That's right. 
So then it's the greatest nation in the world. It's always great to come back home. But the other nations that if we visit now, friends, we feel that they are greatly in need of this wonderful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not long ago in Africa when I seen the people, when they taken the native and brought him in out of his natural tribe, give him a little education, he become very hard fellow to get along with. Brought the sins of his tribe, plus what the white man had. And he was a threefold worse child of the devil than he was to begin with. Sometimes you even have to keep them out of their compounds after it gets along three or four o'clock in the afternoon to kill you. But they're not that way in the tribe. You know what I think they need? They don't need education. They need Jesus Christ. That's why. You bring them in, teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're better off in primitive condition. Especially, I'll tell you one thing. We found less social diseases among the natives in their primitive condition and we did them who were educated. They got laws in their tribes. If a young girl summoned one certain tribe there that if a young girl is not married by the time she's a certain age, she has to take off tribal paint. And before she's married, she's tested for her virgins and she has to tell if it's, she's been ruined, she has to tell who marred her, and they're both put up together and killed at the same time. We ought to have something like that around this country. Right? It's true, friend. And we talk about the heathen. I just wonder who is the heathen. Now, in the services tomorrow night, I've been asked this. If I wondered... Uh, coming back to America, you, you'll notice it in the magazines and so forth, some has already put it out. That coming back to America this time, God willing to bring me back, well, I want to come to have a different type of meeting. It's always been to, uh, people have said to me, Brother Branham, we bring our loved ones, we go meeting after meeting, we never get prayed for and so forth, and we go home, thousands return back, never prayed for, come in, stay a couple days, our money runs out, we have to go home. Why is it you don't pray for the people? If you just look at the files, I've got a little shed back in behind where the offices of Jeffersonville is packed full of letters at that time. Thousands of them from around the nation. And they say, we want you to pray for us. That's what we're here for. We want you to pray for us. Well, and then you once start and what let one come through the line, he see the discernment. Find out. Then the next thing you know, if the next one comes through and you just pray for him, he feels like he's not even been prayed for. He has to come back again. So there's only one, and I can't split it up. I've tried it night after night to try it. Brother Baxter the other night, is perhaps listening to me now out there. He said, Brother Bram, I believe it can be done. He said, we'll walk the platform as soon as the anointing strikes you. And it starts that I'll pull you right out of it and start shoving the people through. You can't do it. No, sir, it'll catch the person just as soon as it comes there. You can't. You either have to be all together on one side or all together on the other side. It's either a gift in use or it's not in use. It isn't a preacher standing up preaching and then saying something else and doing something else. If he's preaching, he's got to keep his message going right on. You know that, ministers. That's right. And you can't do it. Coming back, I asked him the Lord if he'll just let me for a few months see if it's his will. 
for me to do it. I want to read the vision to you tonight of going overseas also. And if you'll let me when I come back, just have about six months to a year of just setting up the meetings, preaching the service, making my own altar call, bringing the people up, let them get saved and filled with God's Spirit, then have a prayer line just praying for the sick. Now, when I met the angel of the Lord, or when he met me, rather, we were together, and he said that I was to pray for sick people. That was my message. Pray for the sick. Many of you have heard the story. It's written here in the book. And I said, well, I, I'm an illiterate type of person, and I live with my people, which is poor. Uh, he told me about going to different parts of the world and everything and praying for kings and potentates and so forth. I could not understand that with a seventh grade education. And he said, as, as the prophet Moses was given two signs for a vindication, so would be given me one. I took the people by the hand and just hold their hand. My left hand, their right. And just keep humble. And you'd notice the reaction of it on my hand. And then it would tell the person what was wrong with them. Many of you remember when that was just only that was taking place. Then he said, if you'll be sincere and reverent, on conditions that then it will be told you the, they'll tell you the very secrets of their hearts and the thing and that's what I was there trying to find out about then he referred back to the scriptures and told me where it was the first time it was that way for about four or five years Brother Baxter and I were standing at Queen Cities and Regina a Saskatchewan and a lady comes to the platform and I seen her coming down out of a little red house and couldn't get back up on account of her back and that's when it first started, and from that on it's when. The people rally for the phenomenal, that's right. But I'm sometimes, I, it isn't clear in my mind yet whether that should be that way or not. Now for about ten years around the world, in every case and everywhere, God has confirmed that to be the truth. I've stood before witch doctors, demons, smart, shrewd people, and have tried to of falsifying everything else, but never one time but what God has overruled everything and come out victorious, proving himself to be right. This picture right here, the angel of the Lord, was one great vindication of it. The first story in this book, that maniac who run out to take my life on the platform, was another story of it. How many times could I say in Sweden and Norway and through England and, and down into Africa amongst the witch doctors, and you think you don't get into them? My, they get so hideous sometimes they take a human skull and drink blood out of it and throw themselves into spasms and everything and carry on bones working their hair and doing all kinds of enchantments. And you believe there's a real devil? You go down in there one time and you'll find out whether there's a real devil or not. And there's a devil worship. See how they absolutely do all kinds of things? Just like all these other things you see around New York here. You see a lot of it right here. You don't have to go to Africa to find it. You find it right along here in New York. And they do all kinds of enchantments and so forth like that. India, they say it's worse than that. So I, I know I've got to face it, friends, in India. And it would be just there like it is anywhere else. I never sent myself. He sent me. And I'm not responsible. He's responsible. And it's his ministry, not mine. So I never fear or take a thought. I just do what he tells me to do. Stand there when anything happens, he always brings it out. Many of us right down here, perhaps that night at uh, Windsor, Ontario, I believe it was, well, that minister comes to the platform under another name, act like he was sick, 
come up there and had something he thought was mental telepathy, that some of the ushers or someone picked up the prayer cards to read it to me, mental telepathy, like it reads sins and everything as they'd done and where they'd been and everything from a prayer card. And then those things just foretold years and weeks and months. And I, anywhere you want to, you know my address, there's never been one time that it's ever failed to be perfect just the way it says. Because it can't be nothing else, it's just God, see? Not your brother, I'm a long way from being perfect. But he is perfect. That's right, he is perfect. I am not. And the man standing on the platform, uh, saying, like I said, I am, uh, come up, nice looking fellow. I was so weak, I just caught his hand first to see. I said, well, you don't have any diseases. So, yes, I do. I said, well, I don't, sure don't believe you have, sir. And he said, oh, yes, I have. I said, well, you might have had, but you don't have now. He said, oh, look on my prayer card down there. I've got TB, cancer, and oh, I forget what all it was. I said, well, you, you might have had it, but you don't have it now. I said, maybe your faith just rolls up to a place that you were healed in the audience. So he turned around and stuck his hands in his pocket and said, that's it, is it? I thought, what's going on? And just real weak, the six and taking it from the platform. I thought, well, what's this? And I looked around. That's why then it broke to a vision. And I seen him sitting at a table with another man. And they were sitting and a woman was standing there with a dotted dress on. And there's a green thing hanging over the table like this. And they had made up together that it was mental telepathy and they was going to prove it from the platform. And that was revealed and told him who he was and what church he belonged to. Brother, I said, now the things that you put on, the pla- on your prayer card is on you. You have it now. That was right. He fell down and grabbed the hold of my pants leg. I said, sir, that's between you and God, not me. I said, that's between you and God. As far as I know, the man in eternity today dead. See? Now, you can't play church. You're not dealing with some little petty something. You're talking to Almighty God. So you've got to be irreverent and sincere. If I should stand here for the, till this time tomorrow afternoon exci- uh, reciting play instance like that, it would never like covered. While there could be an encyclopedia of books wrote on what I have seen the Lord Jesus do, no wonder he said the things that I do shall you and greater, more of it, shall you do. Talking to the church. It's a thing, friend, we're, we're living in the day of the Lord Jesus just before his return. And now, many times in this, oh, I do think that I have robbed many of the people of not praying for them. It's a prayer of faith shall save the sick. God said so. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And God shall raise them up. Not I will raise them up. God will raise them up. And I think now for ten years, the world over, except in the extreme Orient, East, it has been proven over the world. And watch what he tells you. Whatever he tells you, you believe that just what it is. It's going to happen just the way he tells you it is. If you got, if you kind of a little bit in doubt, get one of the recorders here. They can pick it up on the recordings and tell you what it is. Just exactly what it is. Watch what he says now. You may hear me talking, but when you hear it move and say, Thus saith the Lord, remember, that's God then. It's not me anymore. See, it's, it's him. A lady here some time ago, two of them come through a prayer line. One of them had a serious stomach trouble, and it told her, Thus saith the Lord, you're going to be well. How would I? I never had no bit more to do with saying that, and I've got no what I'm going to say day after tomorrow if I live. See, that, that's him saying it. And then the next lady comes to you, she had a growth on her neck, and it was again swiftly, Thus saith the Lord, 
It's going to leave you. And so she went on believing it. The lady, uh, she thought, well, I can go home and eat. So she went home and started to eat. And she got so sick, she couldn't hardly stand up. Day after day, she tried to hold up her faith and saying, I believe it anyhow. I believe it. And again, it got to a place to where she just gets so sick, she just vomits and everything. It was an ulcerated stomach. Very bad. So maybe six or eight weeks, I forget what she said, it's a long time uh, afterwards, while uh, Brother Baxter was in the meeting when it happened. And um, she went on and she wrote a letter in. I'd done been home on a couple more trips. And she said, well, Brother Branham, I chased it back on the tape. It said, Thus saith the Lord, you're healed. Well, I never even answered. Because I knew that if it said that, it's got to happen. And I told her, Mark, to him, I said, Now watch that woman. You'll hear from her again. She just don't understand. If you don't come to the afternoon meeting and hear Brother Baxter and them explain what, how demons work and how demonology work and growths and things like that, and how when he goes out, if faith takes it out, unbelief will bring it back, or resurrect it. When the unclean spirit's gone out of a man, he walks in dry places, returns again with seven other devils worse than he was. Is that right? You have to understand those things. If you don't, why, you're just like coming somewhere for something you don't know what you're coming after. Then I think the longer meetings is going to help us that way. Now, the next thing, this woman, she one morning the children had gone to school and she was standing washing the dishes. And all at once she said something just felt so cool and sweet about her. She felt that there was just something there. And immediately after she got hungry. So she picked up a little piece of toast the children had left and started eating, nibbling on this toast. It didn't bother her. Usually makes her real sick. Then some of the children had left some oats, and so she started eating those oats that didn't make her sick. So then she really had a gastronomical jubilee. She drank a cup of coffee and eat a fried egg or something like that. She felt fine. No results at all from it. Ill results. Down the street she goes to tell her neighbor, way down the street, that about the knot on her, had the knot on her neck. She said she's going down to tell her, said she was just felt fine. Had eaten a couple hours had passed, she's just feeling fine, getting hungry again. And then when she got down there, she heard something screaming and carrying on. She ran the house. She thought, wonder what's the matter. She ran in there, and her neighbor was just walking the floor shouting the knot. It just left her throat. And uh, they got to, then they called me and come to a meeting and asked. Well, I said, certainly. When God has said anything, he's under obligation to take care of that. And that angel of God had just passed through the neighborhood confirming the word which is spoke by God. See? How many knows that Daniel one time... The angel of the Lord couldn't get to Daniel for 21 days. Wasn't that right? 21 days before? Just hold on. What he says, it's true. Take God at his word and just believe him. Now, this year is God's first and initial way of speaking to all man through his word. Is that right? If he'd speak something through me, something, it would only be secondarily. That's right. This is to you as to a nation. That would be to a person. My wife sitting back there and knows of a little case just recently, just before we, by the way, just before we come over this last time to Africa, oh, many times it happens in this manner, Our, there's a lady down in New Albany, I went down to a Methodist preacher friend of mine, we was both raised in the same part of the country, in Kentucky, and we went out to see, I have a little meeting, he said, I promise you won't have to pray for anybody, Brother Bram, if you just come down and preach for us one night. Well, we did, a little Methodist church, and it hold about 500 people, and it's all on the outside, and made the altar call, and had the people lay their hands against the windows and so forth. They had to take me down to the basement to take me out. And he said, Brother Bram, I told you I wouldn't have you pray for, 
for any person that said, one of my Sunday school teachers said she's just about gone, a neurotic, and said she's been this way about 10 years, and said she's standing out the steps, said, if you just lay hands on her, she'll pass by. That's all I asked. And I said, all right, sir. Pass by. I was expecting the way he explained it to me, he'd see somebody in a straitjacket, and I said how bad she was. But a lovely looking little woman, about 33 years old, 35, standing there, normally looking. I said, how'd he do? And she said, how'd he do? I said, is this the patient? He said, yes. Well, I said, I was expecting to see somebody really, really bad. She said, Brother Branham, you just don't know how bad I am. And I said, well, what's the matter, sis? She said, I don't know. I said, I believe I'm walking on top of the world. It's going to burst any time. And I'm all like that. She said, I just can't move from the house unless somebody goes with me. Nervous. I said, well, the Lord bless you, my sister. Offered prayer. Walked on away from her. So then when I went out about three or four days after that. My wife and I were down in New Albany, and we met that little woman, she, two women with her, and oh, she was real bad again. She said, no better, Brother Branham. Well, she had been to all the healing services or they had taken her, and she went place after place, place after place, no relief. So after her coming back, and this same vision that's here, it'll speak of in a moment, I was in the room, and the angel of the Lord came into the room. My wife said, let me call that little woman from New Albany, if I can think of who it was. A nurse lives next door to her, was a friend, so we called her up and got her up there. And when she came into the room, I said, sit down, sister. She said, oh, Brother Branham, uh, oh, uh, I said, oh, what does it feel like I'm dying every minute? And I said, now just be quiet, just relax. She said, is, is the angel of the Lord here? I said, yes, ma'am. He's right here now. We're sitting in. She said, oh, if you just come over and cast it out on me. I said, now, just a moment, sister. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about scripture or something. She said, oh, I'm so nervous. I just, I just can't talk about nothing, Brother Branham. I said, let's take a little trip. She said, oh, no, no, no trip, no trip. And I said, no, just a minute, mentally speaking. Go back when God first made man and women, put them in the Garden of Eden. And she sat there a little bit to kind of got her talked a little quiet. I happened to notice coming across a little black car come running like that. I said, was you ever in a car accident? She said, no, no, sir. I said, well, she said, why? I said, I didn't know. And so wait a little bit. Then here come the vision again, sitting there. And here it comes. Here was the vision. It started. She fainted during the time. And I seen a little black car coming. She was sitting beside of a blonde-headed boy. And they almost got struck by, by a train. Just barely uh, escaped death and went on. And here's what it was. When she, her husband, she got married during the last war, and her husband, just a young fellow, went overseas. While I was overseas, she just started untrue to him, running around. And one night, she broke her marriage vow to her husband. On the road home, is almost killed by a train. And I said, and she said, oh, my wife running help pick her up off the floor. She said, oh, Reverend, don't you never tell nobody that. Don't you never tell nobody that. I said, look, lady. I said, they tell me you've been going to this famous psychiatrist over the river here for about 10 years. She said, that's right, $10 a trip. And I said, no psychiatrist or nothing else will ever pull that out of you. I said, that's way back in your subconscious back there. You've done wrong. And I said, they could anoint you 50 times a night, stomp, kick, and carry on, and holler, and everything else. That devil will lay right there because he's got a right to. Well, she said, I confess it. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I said, that's half what's the matter with your church down there now. I said, I said that's what's the matter, sister. I, she said, well, I confess that to God. I said, you never sinned against God. You sinned against your marriage vow to your husband. If you'd been a single woman, it'd been different. But you was a married woman. 
And you sinned against your marriage vow. She said, I said, what, she said, what must I do? I said, go tell your husband. She said, oh, I forgot about that a long time. I said, oh, no, you haven't. It's way back there. It's just cut till you don't feel it anymore. But it's there just the same. I said, now, you know, I don't know yet. You know, nobody in the world knows that. But you, that man and God. I said, here it is revealed to you now. And she said, I just can't do it, uh, Reverend Branham. said, I'm sorry. Break my home up. I said, well, it's going to break your home up anyhow because you're not going to go very much longer. I said, you better go get your husband and talk it over. She said, I just can't do that. And my wife said, well, there's somebody else at the door. So she went in. I said, well, that's up to you, lady. I said, that, that's all I can do. Now, I've told you what he said, and that's, you know, it's worth truth or not. I said, well, that's all. I just have to go. And so there's someone in the other room then, people coming in. So she said, just a minute. Don't. She said, oh, Reverend Branham, I, I can't do that. And I looked standing by the side over there stood a tall, black-headed man in a vision again. Had his hair kind of combed sideways like that wavy hair. Real tall man. He turned his back to me and had rolled on the back with a white coat, Chevrolet. I said, don't your husband work for a Chevrolet company? She said, yes, sir. I said, he's tall, dark-headed and got wavy hair. I said, yes, sir. That's right. I seen a vision of him. I said, he's got the same thing to confess to you. She said, not my husband, he's a deacon. I said, I don't care what he is. Right. He's got the same thing to confess to you. I said, it hasn't been three days ago. He was in a green Chevrolet car bearing Indiana license, parked under a beech tree with a woman who works in the office there with a pink dress on and black hair. Lived untrue to you. Not my husband. I said, is there a woman like that works in the office? She said, there is, but not my... I said, you, I got phones there. You better go call your husband. You all get together and talk this thing over. You got three children. And so my wife come in, persuade her to do it. After a while, there'd been a man in there who had been healed with cancer. So he is just rejoicing. He's from a big Baptist church in Louisville. And then he come back in. And she said, you think those people... I said, they'll come back. So she met her husband on the road. And they met halfway, and they got out of the cars, and she's with some women. She didn't want to tell before the women. Got over, she said, now I'm going to say something. So I'm going to ask you something. said, will you forgive me of anything that I tell you that I've done? said, I know I've kept you broke for the last years, going back and forth to doctors. None's done any good. said, will you forgive me for what I've done? He said, sure. He said, she told him what she had done. He said, you don't mean so. said, that's right. And said, the same, said, and then didn't you the other day with call this woman by name with with her in a green Chevrolet car at a certain place? She said, How do you know? I said, Where have you been? She said, It's just up to Brother Brams. He said, Honey, that's the truth. He said, If you'll forgive me, I'll forgive you, and we'll raise our children. And I'll go down to church and resign as a deacon, you resign as a Sunday school teacher. Let's get right with God. And here they come back up that walking on porch, arms around one another, crying. I said, now I'll come in. Now I'll come in. Now is the time we can make that devil move because he has no more legal rights. But as long as he's got an unconfessed sin, something that you ought to have done or ought not have done, you can gnaw it with oil. Do anything you wish to. He'll not leave. That's right. He has the legal right to hold there. Amen. Now you see what the real slow line is. Works down. You realize a person could take a curse off of somebody that had been put on there and he'd get himself in trouble? You remember Moses who smote the rock the second time when God told him not to do it? He smote it anyhow and brought the water anyhow because he was a prophet. 
Yeah, he could do it whether it was God's will or not. Any reader in here knows that that broke the whole, God's whole program. Is that right, readers, Bible readers? God, he told him, said, go down there and speak to the rock. The rock was Christ. He's only smitten once. But Moses, being a prophet, he smote it. The water didn't come. He smote again. And he come. But God said, come up here, Moses. I'll deal with you. I remember, remember as a little prophet, Elijah, went bald-headed when he was a young man. Some little children got to laughing at him about being bald-headed. And he said, turn around and put a curse on those children. And two she-bears killed 42 little innocent children. Is that right? That wasn't the nature of the Holy Spirit. You know that. So you have to be careful what you're doing. That's why and I've combed the meeting closely, watching everything, just exactly what would take place. I'd speak it sometimes, then I'll wait and see what he says. If he don't say nothing, I'd just say, the Lord bless you, Jesus Christ heal you, something like that, and let it go on. Now, tomorrow night, if you all are willing, I want to change the line just a little bit for tomorrow night, as has been promised for Brother Baxter, if the audience is willing. Now... If you believe that what I am telling is the truth, do you believe that the Bible teaches these signs shall follow them that believe if they lay their hands on the stick they shall recover? Is that what the... Do you think we'd like to see you're the people? I'm just your... I'm your servant in one way. See? Now, I'm here to serve you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You think tomorrow night everybody that's here has got a prayer card or so forth and they'll give out more tomorrow and everybody's got a prayer card. If we would line them up and I'd come over here and just preach to you a little while and have a prayer line and let people come through and not try on, just lay hands on the sick and pray for them. Would you like to see a line and let everybody be prayed for? What do you think of it? Raise your hands, you that thinks it would be a... All right. Now, contrary to the other side. Well, it's 100% that way, all right? We'll have that kind of line tomorrow night, then, the Lord willing. We'll pray for everyone. Now, in just a few moments now, I've got 10 minutes of time that must, must start the prayer line. I want to read you the vision of going to India. Listen close now of the reading of it. I was in Africa, and the Lord had warned me, which I announced right straight from this tabernacle that tr uh, here, that trouble was set in for me in Africa. You remembered. And said that if the devil was set a trap for me, I thought it'd be amongst witch doctors or something, not knowing it was amongst my brethren. And when we got to Johannesburg, thousands was there to meet us. We had a marvelous meeting. Even the angel of the Lord, one uh, minister there, which is a Dutch reform that doesn't believe in baptism, he went out and told his friend, he said, we're missing the day of visitation. He said, that guy's a demon. So he said, I'll go pray for your lost soul. And he went out and knelt down and started praying for him. And uh, he, now he'd never heard my story about this. He'd just been there that first night, and seen, I just walked the platform after being 72 hours, I think it was, in the air. Walked into the platform where 30,000, 40,000 people were sitting, and I seen a bus coming, just moving through the jungle like that, and had rode on it Durban. I seen a boy get on with a leg about six inches shorter than the other. Then I seen the boy a little later on start walking on normal. I looked all over the audience. I couldn't see him. I didn't know where he could speak English. He was interpreting the words. I have a look sitting down there, and there sat the boy. I said, you're from Durban. He nodded and said, yes. I said, you got one, your own crutches. Yes. One leg six inches shorter than the other. That's right. I said, get up. Jesus Christ has healed you. For thus saith the Lord, I have seen the vision, and you're healed. And that boy with one leg six inches shorter than the other rolls up the marriage just as normal to the doctors even examining everything. The next morning, the Medical Association of Africa called me to have breakfast with me. Ask anybody you wish to them themselves if you desire. Is the doctor here with a question? They said, that's really divine healing. We believe it that way. 
That's right. And open every hospital in Africa for me. That's right. Anything, any places want to go. That's the Medical Association of South Africa, headquarters in Johannesburg. Now, next is a little girl. I seen a little green car have a wreck and turn around this way. They brought a girl out. I hadn't been standing on the platform over about five minutes. And I seen that little girl brought out. She was, her back was broke. I couldn't see her anywhere. And I had to look and she was laying right down here. I said, lady, young lady, you speak English? She did. I said, wasn't you in an accident in a little green car and it hit, turned backwards somehow and hit a tree and it broke your back? That's right. I said, about three places. She said, I looked out again and I seen her going walking across the audience like a shadow over top of the people like that, just with her hands up rejoicing, moving her back up now. I said, thus saith the Lord, stand on your feet, you're healed. Her mother said, oh, no, no, no. The doctor says if she moves, it'll break and she'll die right there. The little girl jumped up and said, oh, look at here. And her mother fainted and fell in the same bed her daughter was laying in. You read that in the paper, of course, where they, they carry that article. Fell right back into bed like that. The daughter was perfectly normal and well. Now, and it just started like that all the time. Well, one night the Lord met me and said, now the next tomorrow that Mr. Baxter, my manager, said, now, they're going to ask you to change the itinerary. They're, they've made an itinerary for you to go down to Cape Town. That's where we was planning on going. So don't go there. You stay right here for another two weeks, and then you go to Durban and stay there for a month. I said, yes, Lord. I said, this is to be sure to confirm it, that your, your manager and them won't say anything against it, that tomorrow they're going to come get you, and they're going to be a setup. They're going to bring an attorney. And said, this attorney has had an operation, which the doctor told him it was cancer, but it's a mistake. So the doctor let a knife slip, and the man's going to die. He said, on your road over, you're going to hit a little bead sailor where you stop. It's got a piece of her hair tore off like that. Been done out in the jungle, maybe by wildlife or something. And said, then... A little beat sailor on the road. And said, while you're standing there, said, there'll be a great funny bird flying across making a noise. Said, remind Mr. Baxter of that so he'll know. It's thus saith the Lord. So the next morning I told him we started off and everything just perfect. He, Brother Baxter's got the picture of a little girl. He's down there getting the camera like that. And I, and I was looking at him like that. I could, and I hear coming a wild peacock flying, you know, squawking away like that. I said, Brother Baxter, you see that bird? He said, why is that, Brother Brenham? I said, Brother Baxter, don't you understand? I said, look at that girl. You said, well, Brother, <laughs> there it was. I said, no, we can't go down. But, oh, my, those ministers that set an arm plaid rule, we was going to go anyhow. <laughs> you don't know foreigners. <laughs> so we was going to go anyhow. So they come and said, I didn't even have a suitcase packed. We promised Brother so-and-so we were going to go anyhow. I say this not for hard feelings of the preachers, but if you want to get in trouble, just fool with preachers. That <laughs> you sure get into it. They're going to have their way about it, see. But you have to remember, God has His way about it. That's the right way. I said, I can't go down. I said, well, brother, we done made a itinerary. And a group of ministers standing on the road, which Brother Baxter, Brother Bosworth, and all of them are witnesses. He said, you've got to go down. I said, we done got thousands of dollars set in the advertising. I said, brother, no, I can't go. Oh, yes, you've got to. One of them walked up and said, I guess you think God just speaks to you alone. I said, Cora thought that one time. I don't know where he spoke. said, he told us to make this itinerary. I said, he told me not to keep it. I said, that, that's all I can say, brother. So then we, they got me anyhow. I was going on down the road to the little place. And I said, well, Brother Baxter said uh, he was in the cars behind. Brother Bosworth, Brother Schumann and I were going on in front. I said, Brother Schumann, you've got to stop this car. I just can't go on. 
I said, the Lord don't want me to do it. Only one sticking with me, and that's my boy, Billy Paul. And um, I said, I, I just can't do it. That's all. I've got to, got to stop now. And so he stopped and went back and told Brother Baxter and said, come up and see him. So there he is. He says he's not going any farther. So Brother Bosworth walked up. He said, Brother Branham, what's the matter? He said, I believe you'll go to see the exceed. I said, Brother Bosworth, as many times as you stood with me on the platform and you heard me say, Thus saith the Lord. He said, Brother Baxter said, Is this that vision, Brother Branham? And I said, Yes. He said, Then I'll take my hands off of it. I'll have no more to say about it. And I said, Sure, it's the vision. We're not supposed to go down here. We're going to go back to Johannesburg. And I said, We're supposed to go there. And then I was over there broke and didn't have any money. And I was in a bad shape. Couldn't come home. So... And if I would, I'd be doing what the Lord told me not to do. I was supposed to stand and wait for that. So then, what happened? I thought, just to keep them from fussing. I went and got some leaves and pulled off leaves and laid over their feet. I said, remember, thus saith the Lord, from this hour on, we're out of the will of the Lord. That night when we got down that little bitty place, about 2,000 people, a little bitty place down there, and about 25,000 people in it, laying on the hills and everything, said, oh, we're going to have a great meeting tonight. Had them every one up at Johannesburg, place where we could see them all and everything. Went on down there, and that night, just about the time it come time to take this platform, there come a tropical storm and like to drown the whole bunch. Never let up till around midnight. Oh, they said that happens all the time. Said we, it'll be all right tomorrow. Next day, a beautiful, clear, warm day. Just about time it come for me to go. It come a blizzard through there like to froze everybody to death. I said, I told you. He said, I said tomorrow night we'll have an earthquake perhaps. <laughs> And they said, well, you mean we'll have an earthquake? I, I said, I don't know where they're going to have an earthquake, but we're out of the will of the Lord. And that night while we was in prayer in there, uh, they said, the permissive will. And one of God will permit us. And little Billy Paul come in and he said, Daddy, don't you listen to them preachers. You do what God tells you to do. And so I went on in there. We went, and he said, well, do you pray with? And I went in. We prayed till about 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock. And Billy then went to sleep. And I stand in the room, and I seen that light here come whirling across in the room, and I knew he was near. He got right up close to where it was at. And he said, go on with him, but you're going to pay for it. I said, go ahead. He said, but go wake up your boy and tell him, thus saith the Lord. He respected Billy, because Billy stood for what was right. He said, go wake up your boy and tell him, thus saith the Lord. So then you tell the rest of them. said, tomorrow morning is going to be clear again and warm. They'll be on Sunday morning, of course, that Saturday night. He said, on Sunday morning, they're going to come to you, and they're going to send Billy after you, and he's going to bring a young man. He'll pick up another young man dressed in black. On the road down, there's going to be a native in a sapphire suit standing by the side of a uh, eucalyptus tree near a bridge, striking another over the head with a stick. He said, but that you'll know that I'll give you the permission to go on, but remember, you're going to pay for it. And the next morning, everything happened just exactly the way he said. And when I got to Durban, I got amoeba. Like to die. Come home, landed up here. I was just about gone, that's all. I couldn't hardly live. I was in such a fix. I went home, they was going to throw me in the pest house. So they was amoeba. God just turned his back on me. You don't mind God, you're in for trouble. I don't care who you are. See? And so I prayed and I prayed. They sent me over to Louisville to a doctor and he examined me. He said, oh, brother. I said, hmm, you stay right in your home. So don't let that African amoeba get scattered. So then I, he said, i got some stuff here I want you to take. And they, it's an army affair. Well, they give me all they had of it. Never a bit of good. Give me, so I said, i got one, two or three more things to give all that. Nothing would happen. Kept more amoebas all the time. All the time. Parasites, you know. Worse and worse. I just fell off about 60 pounds of weight and I couldn't, I just couldn't live. Hardly. I just was such a fix. 
And so then I went back and he said, well, uh, he gave me some kind of arsenic or something, turned me real yellow. I said, I can't give you more kill you. He said, Reverend Branham, you go home. Now, there's perhaps doctors sitting here, doctors, the same thing. He said, that amoeba will get it. It's done, went through the mucous gland into the bloodstream, and it'll either go into the heart or to the brain or to the liver. Said if it goes into the liver, your side will swell out. We can operate and take the amoebas out, and you'll probably get over it. If it goes to the brain or anything, said you're going to live 10 hours. And said, that's all. I walked home. God had turned his back on me, couldn't answer prayer, and I walked the floor. Wife, two children, about $100 in the bank. There they was, right in the prime of my ministry, disobeyed God. There you was, 10 hours and be dead. Walking up and down the floor. You don't know what a way of a transgressor is hard. I don't care what anybody tells you. When God tells you to do something, you go do it. Right quick. You pay attention to what anybody tells you. Whether he's saint or prophet or whoever he is, you listen to what God says. And I walked up and down the floor. I was fixing to close just a minute for the prayer line. My time's up. And I walked up and down the floor one night. Oh, how sick. My wife in the next room and I walked back. I lay down. I thought, well... This is the end of it, I suppose. That was a wonderful meeting to remember. 30,000 converts in one afternoon. Very fine. I guess this is my future. It's finished. Ten hours now. And of course, every five minutes I had a fever, you know. So I, I was thinking that anyhow. And I was laying there, and as I did, the first time for months, that had been eight or ten months later, I felt him in the room. Oh, brother, sister, what a feeling. I knew he was there. I raised up. I said, Lord, are you near me? Have you come back to forgive me? I said, I promise, Lord, I'll never listen to another preacher or anything. If you'll you forgive me, Lord, don't let me die. I, I'm, I'm your servant. I, I want to serve you. Now, listen, nothing happened, but I knew he was still in the room. And I raised up on the side of the bed where I've been lying down. About two o'clock in the morning. Nothing happened. I went over to sit down in a chair. Just then I looked, come walking right down here. Here come a man walking to me. Had a bunch of white paper like that, like typewriter paper. He walked up to me. He said, in so much as thou was thinking of your future. I said, yes. He said, look down towards the ground. There's some of it rolled on, scribbled on. Then he took it right like this and he threw it. And it just went sheet after sheet after sheet until it went plumb into the heavens. And is they're all clear. He said, in so much that you've seen, if that was clear, so is your future clear. I said, thank God. And I, I, I raised up and I thought, oh, how wonderful, Lord, you forgive me then. And I will live. And I thought, oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. I just love you so much. I love you. By that time I heard something coming going. Here, never happens over once at a time. But here it was again. I looked in. And it has come on me again. I said, will I ever get over this amoeba? Will I have it any longer? He said, not at all. It's over. And I come to you again. And I said, oh, it's gone then now. And just then I said, oh, when I was talking to him, why didn't I ask him how to conduct my meetings? I've got it laying right here before me. So I'll write it out and you can see. So I said, why didn't I ask about my meetings? I said, did he come again? I said, how should I conduct my meetings? He said, just as you were led. So then again, he come again. And it set me down in Africa, and I seen that meeting. It was all windling out this way, like history. 
And this one was standing by me, the big man with dark hair, white robe. He turned me to the east. He said, look this way. And oh my, did I, the people just like ocean waves. And I couldn't see the end of them. And I heard him looking up this way, talking to someone else. And I looked, and here come a smaller man than him. And he had a big oscillating light in his hand. And he had this light, and he turned this light on. And he began to oscillate, throwing over the crowd. And then I heard this angel here speak to this angel here, saying, there's 300,000 of those in that Branham meeting. And the man, I looked at him, he was rejoicing and shouting, but they didn't look like African people, short, heavy people. They were thin people. and looked like they had, looked like a sheet around them. Then they just picked it up and stuffed it down in their clothes like this, just like a, or oh, just a sheet wrapped around them like this. And I recognized it to be Indians. And then I heard my Bible coming to me, and it was a Joshua, the first chapter, and it left me. This is wrote out right here. Now, the next morning, I called up Dr. Lucas, which he had, he had just wrote uh, the day before, fine Christian man, and he told me to watch for it. And I called him up, and I said, Doctor, I want to come over and get an examination. He said, well, Reverend Branham, I just give you one yesterday. I said, I want one this morning. I ain't got no amoebas. He said, you haven't got any amoebas. I said, no, sir. He said, Reverend. I said, no, sir, I haven't. He said, oh, you got Neba, all right. I said, will you give me examination? He said, well. I said, come on over. So I went over. He took the, the examination, went out, come back. He said, could I take that again? I know he hadn't found anything. And I, he come back. He said, he I said, yes, sir. He took it again. He come, put his hand on my shoulder. said, now, Reverend, I want to talk to you. What happened? And I told him the story. I said, the angel Lord appeared to me last night. He forgave my sin for listening to them preachers, not God. I said, my sins are forgiven. And I'm going to return back to African Indian around again. He said, you're going back over there where you got them? I said, oh, yes, sir. The love of God pulls me to those people again. The vision said, I must go. And I'm going. And he said, you have to be examined for three months for this before I can give you a certificate to show. I said, you could examine me for ten years as far as I'm concerned. I said, you ain't find no more me because it's gone. And from that day to this, there hasn't been one trace of it. I gained up to 165 pounds now. See what God can do? Now, I am returning back to Africa, or to India, rather, on this meeting. And you mark what I have told you tonight and write it down on a piece of paper and see if it comes to pass that way or not. That's the way God will bring it. That's the way God has done it up this far. And it'll be that way when I get there. If I have ever been fought on anything, I know I have Indian friends sitting here tonight. If I have ever been fought on any meeting I ever went to, the worst I've ever been fought is India this time. And either this, that the devil has set us something, trying his best to keep me away from there or something. But God told me to go and I'm on my road. Death and tomorrow morning, the Lord willing, to see his word come to pass. And one day, if God willing, I'll visit back to New York. And the things I've told you tonight, you find out if it isn't so. It'll be just that way. Now, tomorrow night, we'll have a regular line of people, everybody. Because like Brother Roberts, surely he'll pray for 500 people an hour. And other brothers, they'll just pass them through the line and pray for them. I stop and watch every case. But I get thousands of cases that's been through that line. That's right. See, now that sometimes prayer is the right thing. But listen, friends, if you went to a doctor and the doctor, you said, oh, doctor, I'm having headaches all the time. He said, here, take this and give you some aspirin. That ain't a doctor. He's just trying to get rid of you. 
a real doctor would take you in and examine you and find out what was causing those headaches and then work there. Is that right? That's a real doctor. Well, now that's before you can find a cure, you've got to find the cause. Is that right? If a person's sick, there's some reason they're sick. What caused it? You got to, it may be unbelief, it may be hidden sin, it may be unconfessed sin, it may be God trying to get them to do a certain thing. I don't know. But when I find what it is, then I know what I'm talking about. Then I can say it's thus saith the Lord, because it's true. The Lord bless you. Tomorrow night we'll be speaking to you, if the Lord willing, upon some subject pertaining to, to divine healing. And uh, we expect a great meeting tomorrow night and a great one tonight. Are you believing at the angel of the Lord? I want to think about Brother Burke, think about any prayer cards. Is Billy Paul somewhere? I, they just rushed me in here. Brother Baxter said, tell a, your life story or something tonight, Brother Branham. I've got to go. And so I just had to rush in here in five minutes' time and not ever ask them anything. If um, Billy Paul is in the building somewhere, why would uh, did, did anybody raise up their hand? Did they give out prayer cards today? They did. Oh, well, that's fine. That's okay. Ten dollars off his wages for that. <laughs> for that time. What prayer cards do you get out? X. X. How many? Hundred. Well, let's take the 20, first twenty-five of X's or something like that and try. Who has X one? Let's see your hand. X one. Prayer card X one. Would you raise up your hand? X one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten. Let's get about ten first. Let's get X1 to X10 and stand them up so we won't get a congestion in the moving of the people. Now, how many share for the first time? Let's see your hand. First time as well. The Lord bless you. Let's all say praise the Lord for those people. We're thankful to have you here at the arena tonight. And I hope you enjoy the blessings of the Lord Jesus tremendously. Taking this time of testimony while... I just promised to do it tonight, and that's the reason. And by the way now, the books, we're not book salesmen, neither are we picture salesmen. These books are printed right here in your own city, and we have to get them, and they're sold just as cheap as we possibly can. I have never know of a time of making anything on books. Poor people, sometimes we give a bunch of them away, and we're not to sell books. If it didn't make it help you, I sure wouldn't be. The campaign has to help it. This picture is the copyrighted affair for the Douglas Studios, American Photographer Association of Houston, Texas. It's not mine. It belongs to them. I have to get it and sell it for what I get it for. So then, it's just for your good. A little article. Now, this is not, now, this is not me saying this. This is a lady saying this that said it. She had one friend in her house. She is at the hospital, and the doctor told her she couldn't live. And she was praying. They had this little picture sitting on there. And she was not me. She's looking at this. And she claimed, now this is her word. She claimed that she said, Brother Branham, while watching that pillar of fire above you, and I said, Dear God, it isn't our Brother Branham. It's you. And said, That pillar of fire moved out of the picture and hung over. Anyhow, the next day the doctor said, Case dismissed. She was healed. Now, that's her word. I never, that's not mine. I'm only taking her testimony. 
I can't, ain't re, I'm not responsible for that. I never wasn't there to see it. But now in here, in the book, is the write-up of George J. Lacey, FBI, best of fingerprinting documents in the United States. And if he's from the United States, man, I think he's the best in the world. And he was the one who examined the picture and said it's the only supernatural being that could ever be scientifically proven. The only supernatural being that could ever scientifically be proven. All right. Let's see if they got... Is that... Uh, where did I call from? I forgot. One to ten. One to ten. All right. Ten to twenty now. Number X, ten to twenty, if you will. That's fine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. X 10 to 20. You got X 10 to 20. Now, Brother Berg or somebody, see how they're lining up back there. See how many more I should call and get in the line. Now, now, by the way, here's these handkerchiefs here to be prayed over. Will you all bow your heads with me while I pray for these handkerchiefs, if you will? Kind Heavenly Father, here before us tonight we have under consideration a group of handkerchiefs, claws, letters in here that's going to the needy, God, they're just not here just because they want to put a letter in. They're here because they're needy. And we thank Thee that Thou hast given us favor before the people, Thy people that have confidence enough and us as Your servants to believe that if we would follow out the scriptural command of this, that they would be healed. And in the Bible time, they've taken from your great St. Paul handkerchiefs and aprons, and the evil spirits went out of the people, and they were made well. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you'll send these handkerchiefs under the same Holy Spirit, and may sick people be healed of all diseases they have. Great signs and wonders be done. Granted, Father, I bless these handkerchiefs and cloths for the healing of the sick. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, amen. possibly can, and, and that doesn't make any difference, it's just the idea, so we can pray for some of the people and, and do whatever we can to help the people. Now, my beloved friends, I suppose then that the Lord willing, this will be our last night in America for some time for this type of service. Let us be real reverent tonight. Let us ask the Lord Jesus, let us believe with all of our heart 
I want to ask you, will you be praying for me when I'm in India and different places? Will you do it? I, I, that just means so much to me. Thank you kindly. And now, I would now, uh, uh, you're welcome to take pictures, but I wouldn't take them now, brother or sister. Uh, wait till a little later on at the service or tomorrow night. I'm glad to have pictures if you want uh, my ugly face and whatever, it's all right. But if I'm only happy that you think that much of me. But the reason I say don't take pictures now or when the anointing comes, you see that? That's a light. And I see a light flash and it pulls me from here over the audience and somebody's faith out there. See, it's not me. And I, it leaves me here and goes out there. Then I watch and I see that light will move over somebody. It'll stand there. Then I'll watch and above it, then then around there will come a vision. I just say what I see and that's all. And sometimes that lifts people's faith way up, you see, and they, they get healed like that. So you see why I say don't take a picture. It's not because I don't want you to have the picture. It is because that I, and I, it, it interferes with that. Now, afterwards, then you can take pictures tomorrow night or before we come in or so forth, all time tomorrow night if you want to. Brother Woods, if he's here, do they, you have some more of these pictures? They do, some more pictures than books. And then it'll be right away now, it'll be finished. And coming back, this book will be out of print. If you want to give someone a Christmas present or something, send it to them because we'll have a new book from overseas at this next trip. Now, if the organists will, please, only believe... Oh, how many times that's called me of many different languages. Mm. There's something about the song when I hear it. This looks like I can feel him coming close then. I don't know why. I just... If I die before Jesus comes and they have to give me a funeral, they're going to play that when they're putting me down in the grave. So, you here in New York, if you hear about it, you know when it's going to be. Stop and sing only believe once and remember me, will you? And remember, I believe this, that someday I'll come out of there. That's right. That's my faith. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, with all my heart. Now, the reason they set these mics here, after the anointing strikes me, just I'm taking things in detail as much as I know about to tell you. I'm glad to explain anything I know how, but there's, there's many things that I don't understand myself. I don't understand it. It just happens, and that's, that's it. Uh, it just happens. And so I, the only thing I do is just uh, pray, and he tells me, and I just say what he says, and that's all I can say. Now, you out, in the, uh, in the, out there, I want you to have faith now, and you believe with all your heart. How many doesn't have a prayer card and wants the Lord Jesus to heal you tonight? Would you raise your hand? Oh, my, that's just wonderful. That's wonderful. I mean wonderful faith that you have. I don't mean it's wonderful you're sick, because God knows I'm here to try to see you get well. Now, here's what the, the whole thing is for, friend. The divine gift. How many believe God has set in the church gifts for the perfecting of the church? Sure. Now, here's what it's for. Here's what, what I am to you. By sovereign grace, before there was a world, God knew that I would be here and have this ministry. How many believe that? Sure enough. Then it was sent to you people. I'm glad to see you full gospel people believe in, elect, in election, because that's where the whole thing lays, in election. That's right. 
In the election, God chose that. Nothing we can do, God has. Well then, me to you is a sign of the Lord Jesus Christ, like Brother Berg, a pastor, or any of the other pastors, where they preach the gospel, see him anointed with the Spirit, that's a sign. Someone give a message, interpretation, telling about somebody in the church, that's a sign. And if it's wrong, that's a sign, too, that they're wrong. If it's right, that's a sign they're right. See? All's for signs. Now, I have explained to you that Jesus, when he raised from the dead, before he went away first, he said, the things that I do shall you also. Is that right? Did he say it? And he said, even more or greater than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. And he said, a little while in the world won't see me no more. That's the unbeliever. Cosmos, the Greek word there, world order, will see me no more. Yet you shall see me, ye, the church, for I, personal pronoun as I said, I will be with you, even in you, until this generation ceases. That don't sound right, does it? I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Is that right? Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. He foresaw that. He knows what would take place. Now, tonight, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and is living right here among us in spirit form, called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God, which is Jesus Christ, the third person of the Trinity. Now, now he's here in spirit form. He was with the children of Israel in a pillar of fire. Is that right? How many believe that was Christ? Sure it was. And then he come down and was made flesh to take sin away, take sickness away. Then he said, I came from God out of here. He said, I come out of here and I'm returning back in there. And here he is saying, even let this picture be taken in the scientific world to prove to us that people make laugh and make fun of us. But he's here. Don't be weary. We know where we're going. We know what it's all about. But don't we? God is here. His Spirit's here. And what's the reaction of it? If I told you tonight in me was a, the spirit of some great artist, you'd expect me to paint a fine picture. And if I told you the spirit of John Dillinger was in me, you'd expect you to have big guns and you'd be running for your life. But I tell you the spirit of Jesus Christ this year. And then you expect it to act like Jesus. Is that right? He was a man stern who could speak stern words. Beat him out of the temple and so forth. And yet a man of love, a man of sorrow. He was a man who had compassion. But he said, I can't do nothing till I see my father do it first. Is that right? But he looked out into his audience and he perceived their thoughts, what they were thinking about. He told a woman she had touched his garment and had been made whole and different things. And he also knew their names. Is that right? The other night, I believe it was somewhere here, or maybe not been this meeting. I know the Holy Spirit called somebody's name. Oh my! Did I get a letter from it? Said, uh huh. See, just you don't understand. Didn't when Peter come up to him? Didn't he say, "Thou art Simon, and you shall be called Peter from henceforth"? Is that right? Well, he knew their name. He knows your name, doesn't he? Knows all about you. The Lord bless you. How do you, lady? Now the lady standing here is a perfect stranger. Totally strange. I've never seen her. Know not one thing about her. Now, just as I was going to turn the Bible down and preach a text, uh, this is God's text to you to believe 
that I have told you the truth about his son, Jesus Christ, that he's raised from the dead, and right here, not up in heaven, he's right here, right here with you. Now, if Jesus Christ is raised from the dead and promised the things that he did, we do also, standing talking to the woman. Now, as far as healing her, he could not do that. No, sir. He, he can't do one thing twice. I can't pay my fare overseas once and then go pay it over again the same trip. When he died for your sickness and sin at Calvary, that settled it. Right? Is that right? It was all over right there. As far as she's sick, I don't know whether she's sick or not. But if she is sick, Jesus healed her when he died at Calvary. The only thing he could do standing here would be tell her something or another that would make her faith believe that. Is that right? If you all were sinners, and the only thing he could do would tell you all something to preach through the gospel or something else, the Holy Spirit would let you know that he's the Son of God and you accept him as your Savior. Same thing. Now may he come is my prayer. And now, as the Oregon plays softly, no one moving, be reverent, keep quiet. And, of course, now when the Lord is speaking to the patient, if he does, out there, wherever it is, be alert. They're telling me many times, I guess because of this, that the patient don't get the sound right quick. Be alert. Be expecting God to call you. And keep real reverent when he does. Then if you want to give him praise, go ahead. That's all right. See? But while it's going on, listen to him. Give him reverence while he's speaking. Now, uh, lady, I want to talk to you just a moment. As, as my sister, and standing here, you and I are strangers to each other. We do not know one another, never have met before in life, as far as I know. Is that true? That is true. We don't know each other. But the Lord Jesus knows us both, doesn't he? That's right. He knows us both. Now, uh, you're, you're aware that since I have turned around to talk to you, that something's going on. See? Now, if that's right, raise up your hand if the audience can see. see? That's right. Now, between the woman and I, as the audience might know... There's a settling white light. The same light that's on this picture is standing between me and that lady right now. The lady seems to be moving away from me. She's, I see a home, a place, and she's extremely nervous. She's uh, upset, always disturbed. She walks and wrings her hands sometimes. She, but I, I see them taking her somewhere. It's a it's in a, uh, uh, going under an operation. It's in a hospital. And I see it come one, two, three, four operations. And it was on the throat. They cut into the throat because you had you covered from here. It's in the throat. And they took out part of your throat or something other. And they put some kind of a thing back in your throat uh, to breathe through the... Yeah, it's under your clothes. That's right. That's right, wasn't it, lady? That was him. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, may our spirit and power come and condemn the enemy. And may our sister get well now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go believing now with all your heart. Every person in your own believe right now with your whole heart. If thou canst believe. All things are possible, but you must believe. All right, bring the lady. I wish I could just feel strong now. Uh, just be quiet in prayer. Don't move. Just sit still, please.
Now, um, it's this lady here. You go to speak for her. Yes. You have faith now. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe he, God raised him up from the dead? And now he's alive among us? If he is alive among us, then... He knows us as he would if he was here in form of flesh. Do you believe that I am his servant? Now, audience, this is like overseas, you see. The way you have to do this, you see. I have to get the person to believe me. The angel of the Lord said, not believe me as him, but believe that he sent me. You understand the audience? Now, the woman can't understand what I'm saying now, but I'm catching her spirit. Now, watch, I can't even speak her language, so how would I know anything of her? See? I'm trying to get her spirit, you see. Now, just be reverent now. Now, she is a Christian. She's a believer. Now, if Jesus Christ was standing here where I am, and would be, he would be able to know what was your trouble. But his body has been taken up to the Father. And his spirit is here now. Now you are aware that something is going on. You know you're standing in the presence of something. If that's so, wave your hand so the audience will see it. There's something going on. I can't believe just what it is just a minute. I be reverent, everyone, and be in prayer for me at this time. It seems like there's two people, but I, it's moving. Yes. All right, lady, catch my voice right quick now when it goes in. You, you have... Uh, Come here for uh, someone else. It's for uh, it's for a boy. It's your son, and it's mentally. He's not a Christian, but you are a Christian. And there's some connection with you and that. That's your husband sitting right there. That's how it was in the duel. Like you have asthma, don't you? Is that right? Come over here. Lord Jesus, I pronounce this blessing upon this man and woman for their healing in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Go on your road rejoicing, my brother and sister. Tell him. God bless you. Amen. Praise be to God. I could see a man, a boy, I couldn't tell what it was that just moved. But it was her husband sitting behind her is what it was. And he was catching her spirit and his spirit coming at the same time. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Our Lord Jesus. Just watch him. He's the great God of eternity. The great God of heaven. 
one who made the heavens and earth and all that in them is. Amen. All right. Would you come, sir? Be real reverent. Believe with all your heart. And just have faith. Don't doubt. Believe with all your heart. It keeps us standing up. Was this the couple that was here just now? Is this the, the people that was here? It's still light around them, both. You understand English, sir? Not much. This light is what's around you now. You have a blessing from the Lord. Now, in their native land, if it was there, the whole audience would get up out of wheelchairs and everything and walk away healed. That's the way it goes overseas. The little lady sitting behind the woman there. The lady there put her hand up on her chest there. The you. You have an asthmatic condition that's been bothering you. This man had the same thing, asthma. All right, you can both go down and get healed. Jesus Christ makes you well. God bless you, brother. Your little friend sitting there next to you. There. You believe me to be God's prophet? I mean the little lady in the back with the green dress on sitting next to the lady. Raise up just a minute, lady. There's so many people believing you right there. It's hanging over you. I thought it was on the little lady. You, with your hand reaching towards me, stand up. He's wanting to tell you something, but uh, there's so many people praying and such faith moving in the buildings. You're, um, you're real nervous. One thing, and you have trouble with your head, a head trouble, isn't that right? And you, uh, I see you writing or reading. Isn't your name Amelia? S. Your address is number one Columbia Avenue, Hartsdale, New York. Your head trouble is finished, sister. Your faith has healed you. Jesus Christ has made you whole. God bless you. Do you believe? You want to go eat? Get well? You believe with all your heart? You can go. God bless this our sister and make her well through Jesus' son. I have this God bless you, sister. Have faith in God and believe. You believe with all your heart? You believe the Lord Jesus to make you well? He's lovely, isn't he? How old are you, lady? Twenty-eight.
Are you Spanish? It's a white girl I see. Mother, sitting right there weeping, you're weeping over a lost daughter, aren't you? That's who it was. Stand up on your feet just a minute. You keep seeing a white girl, and this is Spanish. Oh, Jesus, Son of God, send that lost girl back home to her mother. I pray, God, that you'll grant it through thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You're healed too, sister. Be on your road rejoicing and thanking him. For your baby, lady? Mm -hmm. Stomach trouble? Strange, wasn't it? A little fellow like that would have that. But you believe that Jesus Christ is going to heal it? Lord God, I bless both babe and mother in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, for their healing. Amen. That's right, sister. Just thank the Lord Jesus and go right ahead and believe with all your heart. Would you come, lady? Oh, he's so wonderful, so glorious. You believe that condition your back has gone, that kidney trouble left you? It is. God bless you. Go on your own and be thankful and rejoice. cancer back there, sir? You just come away from here. You're from Connecticut. You believe that God's going to make you well and heal you? You do? Stand up on your feet. I've seen you rubbing your face in. You're going to get well. Don't fear, sir. God bless you. You believe you're over the arthritis now to stay? You are. God bless you. It's gone. Believe with all your heart you're in his presence, then the kidney trouble has gone from you and going to be made well. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Believe with all your heart. You shall have what you ask for. Got heart trouble, haven't you, ma'am, sitting right back there next to the back row? Uh, yes. You believe Jesus Christ makes you well? Amen. Stand up. Your faith has healed you. It's over now. The Lord bless you, my sister. You sitting right with the shock right there, sitting right with arthritis, he healed you also. Sitting this way, God bless you. Amen. You can go be made well. Oh, to the glory of our resurrected Lord Jesus. Shall we give him praise and just say we thank thee, Lord Jesus, for thy goodness and thy mercy to us, the unworthy one, and thou art blessed forever. Oh, how we praise thee, how we adore thee, thou matchless one. Thou hast been so good to us. Now we worship thee with all of our hearts. Receive us, we pray, Father. Through thy Son, the Lord Jesus, we give praise. Amen. Oh, my. What a feeling. I, I wish the whole audience could feel just the way it is right here now. Everybody seems like it's in love and everything's wonderful. 
Or what if this will be the way it will be out in the great millennium that's coming up, where there will be no sickness and no sorrows, no heartaches. Of course, you know I'm talking, trying to shake myself just a little. I want to pray for more people. You, you love him with all your heart? Oh, he's so marvelous and so good to us, and we're so unworthy. We poor, unworthy, wretched creatures as we are. Little Spanish lady saying, a little lady's a white-looking little blouse on her, what it is, sitting there, you're having trouble with your eyes, aren't you, sister? You believe in the Lord heals you now? All right, you can go home be well, and Jesus makes you well. God bless you. Have faith in God. Just don't doubt. Just have faith, that's all. Oh, how wonderful. You're beginning to believe, aren't you, sir? God bless you. Just what could happen now if everybody was one accord with one faith? There would be no need for any more prayer lines. It would be over. Is this the patient, Billy? Now I want to talk to you just a moment. We're strange to each other, I suppose. I do not know you. You do not know me. And you believe the Lord Jesus' presence is near? You had some trouble in the lung. I see a, a, some sort of a... a Oh, you've had an operation, and the lung has been removed. They took the lung away. You're not doing very well. But you've come that I might bless you in the name of Jesus Christ for your healing. You're already blessed, but come here that I might lay hands on you. Dear God, I bless this, my sister. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, that you heal her and make her well. Amen. God bless you, sister. Let's go clear up now. And you'll be all right. Oh, how good he is to we unworthy ones. You believe, sir? With all your heart you believe. I am, I am a stranger unto you. Uh, I don't know you. But there's somebody here who does know us both, doesn't he? My, just out of that audience, it's just pulling everywhere now. Just seems like there's just a great pool, just like that, just moving me. The whole audience is believing. Oh, why didn't you have this faith to begin with? Now, let's see. You, you and I are, are, are strangers to each other. But our Lord Jesus knows you. Yes, He does. You're suffering with a nervous condition. It's real nervous. You've been getting nervous. It's been bothering you, and then you've got something about your side. It's in your side. You have, uh, I believe, been an operated on for it. I see two times you've been, and it, it doesn't clear up just right. That, 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 but it's going to clear up now. Come here just a minute. Lord Jesus... 
I'll lay hands upon our brother. This demon has bound him. Satan, you've hid from the doctor, but you can't hide from God. Come out of him. In the name of Jesus Christ, I adjure thee to leave him. God bless this story, love one. In the name of Jesus Christ. I know he'll be seeing you this part of Amen. Have faith in God. Believe with all your heart. How do you do? You believe with all your heart? You believe me to be his servant? You're standing for someone else. And that's a person that's that's real, real nervous. And I see a battle or something. It's your husband. He's a soldier. And he's uh, like battle fatigued. He's all tore up. And I see him at a place called it's Veterans Administration. And you come to stand for him or he's too nervous to come. Almighty God, to the man who is worthy of the blessing, I condemn the devil and ask that the man be made well through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Don't fear, sister. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. Amen. That's right. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lives and reigns today supremely. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, how I love Him. You believe? Uh, we are strange to each other, I suppose. I don't know you. But there's somebody here with me who knows you. That's my friend, the Lord Jesus. He's my Father. My all that I have is He. It's in Him that my faith is built and my trust is. It's in Him. You come to me because me being His servant to help you. You are a Christian. And you're facing an operation. And that's an organ in your body. I see from an examination by the female that something has dropped down. They were thinking about putting a, a, a brace to hold it up, but it, it's a bladder, a drop fallen bladder that fell down. And the doctors wants to operate for it. I see a young lady standing by you. It's your daughter. And she's suffering with a tumor. And that tumor's on the breast. Don't fear, sister. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I condemn the devil and ask for deliverance. Amen. His great majesty, the King of eternity, the King of heaven, the King of heavens of heaven, the King of the earth, the King of the saints, the glorious one, the Alpha 